There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lori and Julia show for you Thursday here on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Yet to come, your chance to win tickets to uh, the uh, big extravaganza with Oprah and Tina Fey. We'll let you know when we'll have you guess the celebrity voice. Quick note about uh, the Quibi streaming service that will not be free. No, you're going to have to pay for that one, too. Thank you for the streaming update, Donnie. That was a lot to remember. Yeah, really, it was. So, um, you know, Chris Hewitt is coming in, and I think he might have seen this movie, Knives Out, with Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis. I've seen the trailer a million times. If you've gone to the movie, it looks kind of wild. Chris Evans is in it. So, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's kind of making the rounds, doing some press for two reasons. One, she's in the movie Knives Out. Two... She is on the cover of Variety's, what's going to be, they're calling it the recovery issue that they want to do annually. Yeah. Where they have somebody who speaks frankly about About living the sober life and all of this kind of stuff. And I just, I love Jamie. I mean, we've loved Jamie Lee Curtis since, at least for me, Halloween. Oh, she's fantastic. She's so, so good. A fish called Wanda, 13, what's the one where they switch? Um, she's been Trading in everything. Trading, no, it isn't. She's oh, she was in that. Too, yeah, she's she? in. Oh, God, yeah. she's been in everything. Amazing rack. That was her only nude scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. ED was early eighties. So yeah. she was on the View. She was also on the Today Show. I uh, hear she is talking about this um, movie, Knives Out. So what was it that made you say like yes? Right. Well, obviously, yeah. it is a fantastic, fun, yeah, super interesting holiday movie, and it was written beautifully. And the truth of the matter is, what? they told me that Daniel Craig was going to play the lead character, and I said, okay, Boom. yeah, I'll come to Boston and make a movie with y'all. And it's got uh, who? Don Johnson well, in the movie. Just, I mean, ridiculous. Don Johnson, yeah. Tony Collette, yeah. um, Michael Shannon. Yeah. Uh, Daniel yeah. and the brilliant young actress named Anna de Armas, who is at the center of the movie, because at the center of the movie is this beating heart of this immigrant. A perfect movie for this holiday. So there's plenty of red meat, plenty of blue meat. We throw it at each other, <laughs> and in the middle is something very important, which is love. So love. there you go. I mean, I've never. I mean, that's quite a holiday movie title, Knives Out. I know. Yeah. And Chris Hewitt saw it, so he's going to be telling us more mm-hmm. about it when he comes in. Later this hour. Because when you see the trailer, you can't make heads or tails of it. 
Because there's a lot of people. A, a lot, lot of, of people, action. and they're sitting in a wood-paneled room, and they're throwing barbs at each other, and you just can't really, from that trailer, you're like, I, like, I had no idea it was a holiday movie when I, don't either. The, I yeah, first saw the trailer. I, I, I didn't right, have any right. feeling, I guess, that other than the timing. So here she's talking to the ladies on the Today Show about you know her story and her interview that they did uh, in Variety. There was a moment in your life where everything looked like it was perfect. You were winning awards, writing books, your house was neat, you were married, like life was perfect on the outside, but in your hand you had a fistful of Vicodin, you were in your own home. And what happened in that moment? In that moment, a friend of mine who's a healer, who's a Brazilian woman who I've known for a long time, was standing behind me, unbeknownst to me, and as I put a handful of Vicodin in my mouth with a glass of wine as I was beginning the evening routine of making dinner and the kids' dinners and whatever. From behind me, I heard her say, you know, I see you with your little pills, Jamie, and you think you're so alive and you think you're so fabulous, but you're not. You're dead. You're a dead woman. And that was the really the beginning of me understanding. That was in December of 99. And then in January of 99, a wonderful writer named Tom Chiarella in Esquire magazine wrote an article called Vicodin, My Vicodin, about his love affair with Vicodin and his addiction. And the combination of my friend seeing me and Tom writing that article bravely outing himself is the reason I got sober, which is the reason why when Variety said to me, we're going to do an issue annually about addiction in show business. We would like you to be the cover girl. Of course, I said yes, simply because Tom Chiarella did it Mm -hmm. for me in 1999. Mm -hmm. And she said, so even if one person read this story, you know, she's just... She's, She's married good. to um, Christopher Gass, yes. the movie director, and um, I just, it's kind of fun to see her back in the movies and back, you know, she's, she's, not being as quiet, yeah. you know, because I know her kids, like, you know, she kind of stepped back because they were like junior high and high school, and she's like, I want to be home with them. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's just play the last one. You had this secret where you worried that when you let your secret out back even then that you would lose jobs. You were well, on of commercials. Course. Of course. But was that that was a big fear. Well, it's yeah. it, any secret is a, is fearful. Yeah. And there's a, a recovery phrase that says you're only as sick as your secrets. And the truth is today, Hoda, I can look in the mirror, and when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm looking at the problem, but I'm also looking at the solution, Mm. and the buck stops with me. And in a family of generational addiction, I can tell you today that the buck stops with me. Mm. And in that cycle of addiction in a family that has destroyed generation upon generation of families, I am proud to say so far today, it's early. Right? Um, I am going to uh, arrest my addiction um, on national television. You know, and if you remember, her dad is Tony Colt. Curtis, his mom is Jennifer Lee. Her mom. Her mom. Um, yeah. And so Janet she, Lee. Janet Lee. I'm sorry, Janet Lee. But her dad, you know, was addicted massively to cocaine. Mm-hmm. And she said um, that there was a period of time. When I was the only child in her family talking to him, she had six siblings. I have five. Her brother, Nicholas, had died of a heroin overdose when he was 21. But I shared drugs with my dad. I did cocaine and freebased once with my dad. 
It's like Carrie Fisher and yeah. Eddie Fisher. Yeah. And that Tony Amazing. Curtis did end up getting sober for a short period of time, three years. It didn't last long, but it was nice that he found recovery before he passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember the TV show she was in called Anything But Love with Richard Lewis, the comedian? Do you remember Vague, that? Maybe vaguely. Yeah. It's very sweet. A very sweet little show. They were co-workers who were attracted to each other, but they didn't want to go any further because they didn't want to mess up their friendship. He was so funny. I'm yeah. sure I would have watched that. I just Anything loved him. Love, yeah. I loved right. his shag hairdo. Yes. And his very and he's dry, a, and deprecating humor. he's always humor. on Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. He is a funny one, Richard Lewis. He was a hot comedian. Yeah, he was back, back in, in the, the day. day. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> He still has all that hair. He does. Yeah. He does. He really was. I don't see him on very many things, mm-hmm. but he used to be like a regular on the couch with Letterman or Leno. I right. can't remember yeah. which guy he was more loyal to. He know. was a regular guy on yeah. some things. Yeah. All right, listen, it is time to get to our regular feature at this time, and it's your random thoughts, and I'm sure you're going to um, surprise, delight us, and maybe shock us. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Random. (laughs) Okay, so my ongoing trying to put my clothes back into the walk-in closet that I took them all out of painted... And your Marie Kondo-inspired moment. Okay, I can't tell you... So today I decided to start. I mean, it's so overwhelming, the piles and piles and piles of clothes. And I think there might be 35 pairs of jeans. Mm -hmm. So I, this morning, tried on every single pair. Good for you. And I put them into... Color me impressed. Lori, I was getting dizzy. I mean, from bending over, coming back up, bending over, coming back up. And if they... Jeans aerobics. I mean, literally bend and come back up. And I made three different piles. One is, well, my straight leg pile that fits. Uh-huh. My boot cut and wide belt pile that fits. Mm-hmm. The pile that are interesting and I can wear, but they're kind of more unusual type jeans. Um, but I kept those. But then I have the biggest pile of newer jeans for Elite Repeat, where I'm going to consign. Yeah. And then the pile for the Goodwill, which are all nice jeans, yeah, too. Nice. So I did this totally. So I'd like to be the ruler on the unusual jeans. Okay. Well, I, maybe I'll bring them in and wear them. I mean, because I... Or one of your votes. Okay. Let me be one of the well, panel is, if you okay, want to do it that way. I felt way. like I wanted to take a picture of um, something. But the thing that I struggled with more is so then I made it into the workout clothes drawer yeah and i have this one workout top that has to be six or probably eight years old Mm -hmm. but it's yellow and it's the cutest top and has a bra built in and it's got a tee back and but the old workout tops used to be a little shorter than they are now yeah and so the struggle with this yellow top that i put on over my bra was a little tight right and but i it's the only thing i own that's bright yellow and it's a workout top that I'm not, I haven't worn it in so many years. So I'm just it's, having this conversation. It still sparks joy because it's yellow and I like looking at it. Right. So you get into some but it's, mental it, games with yourself when you're doing this. But is it showing your stomach? Is it going to be comfortable? Is it I something? can't fit in it yet. Okay, get rid of it. But it's, what if it sparks joy? This is. Give it to me no, and I'll give it back to you. 
Well, I was going to bring it in. Okay. But I mean, it's so silly. So you get into these mind yeah, things right. and then you just stop. Then I just said, I'm stopping because I'm not making good decisions anymore. Because yeah. I was really thorough. You were having too many with Q&As the jeans. with yourself. Because how many times are you going to change, keep the jeans that only have two buttons that show your crack when you bend over? But they were so in. We have so many pairs of those. I, I, I've I, had to get rid of them. I don't know what to say, but I know there's, you knew you were overdue for a jean cleansing I am, based I on have, what I saw you wearing. I hope you got no, rid of the I did square carpenter's pants. No, I jean. still like those. Lori hates them. Julia, <laughs> the jeans should make your butt look delicious. Well, not, some of them are just for made for wearing around the house. And I'll never forget the <laughs> pair that I kept when Donnie, do you remember the pair that I wore in that were kind of purplish mm-hmm. maroon? Yeah. What yeah. are you wearing? Didn't do much. I for said you. they're jeggings. No, they're not. They're pantyhose. They've they were, been painted on. They're they, so tight. They were, How do you breathe? No, no one could look you in the eye and even <laughs> lie and tell you they were good. They were just tragic. But I just have so many funny. And when I'm doing this with my pants, I'm thinking what you would say because you've already said it pretty much about everything. Yeah. I own. No, I mean I get you got to yeah. have your square bottom comfy <laughs> baggy jeans. We all do. We all do, but... Just to wear them out of the house. Well, right. Donnie, in, wear a long coat. I know, over see, seriously, I was just laughing. Okay, so it's it's going to be a process. So I'm going to say tonight, you know, remember our project down in Dirty was at Minneapolis um, College of Art and Design, better known as MCAD. Yes. Tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, it's their big annual art sale where you can buy one-of-a-kind art. They have 7,000 different pieces um, from their students and some alumni. Has it tonight there. though? You gotta buy a ticket. Well, you gotta buy a ticket a lot, Lori. Oh, it's okay. A, it's a donation because they're raising funds. Because remember how many people there are on oh, scholarships? I, yeah, I guess I. I guess so I tonight, if you want to go, mm-hmm. it's open between six and nine, and it's one hundred and fifty dollars. And there's some um, beverages Give me and some food tomorrow night. Online, if you buy your tickets, $25, or if you buy them at the door, it's $30 from 6 to 9. And on Saturday, it's free from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. But it. really, you're getting a opportunity to buy one-of-a-kind piece of art. So that's at MCAT. Dayton's announced their holiday windows installation. We haven't seen these. Oh, I used to. Didn't we love Nicolette Mall's windows? So they're going to have five different holiday-themed windows at the Dayton's Original Dayton's bounce. Um, they're a former Dayton's employee. Kent Hensley is going to be working on the Dayton's, um, you know, windows. So these are all going to be ready to go um, to the public November twenty second, and that would be Saturday, right? That'd be tomorrow. Tomorrow yep. at nine a.m. You can mm-hmm. see them up and ready on Nicolet on Nicolet Avenue. Um, a coffee cup, you know, um, coffee cups use plastic tops. And when you buy them at stores, it's all the top is usually oh, a plastic yeah, yeah. type thing. So we have this posted and it's kind of a cool, radical new design. Of- I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
a coffee cup that kind of fill the top of it folds like origami. Like think of the French fry box at McDonald's, which I know you don't know what it does, I but do it clips over. It, is. it flips what over. Do you think I am. Well, you know, I can't think of the last time you've ever been. Well, Julia, just because we're not together when we eat fast food. So you're saying you do it? Well, I mean, everyone knows what the McDonald's French fry. Mm-hmm. I'm not like somebody from an outer space type but, of situation. Yeah. Donnie, you saw the photo. Would you ever use this? I, I'd need to actually work with it. But it doesn't have a plastic top. Yeah. It folds to have a cover and keep it warm, but yeah. then you unfold it and it folds into a cup. Like so a lunch bag. It's called the uni cup. Bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically like that. Great idea. I think so too. Yeah. We'll see what Will happens. Will that person be able to sell that to Shark Tank They're and buy, an, buy an they island? Are. They are working on it, Lori. All right, so I thought this was um, something kind of sweet. Barbara Bush, who passed away last year, I think, maybe a year and a half ago, had um, she was known in her family. She'd always make needle print, needle point Christmas stockings for mm-hmm. everybody in the family. And so she made some for unborn children. So she had made some extra for future kids. That's sweet. So Jenna was talking about how her newborn got one of those. How about her and Hoda weighing themselves on the air? They're doing doing intermittent fasting, which people are loving. Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to do. They when they weighed themselves, I'm shocked. Jenna was shocked, and even Hoda seems surprised at her weight. Well, sometimes you don't your scale. Everyone who comes to my house, I will just only say the two people who ever use my scale, and they're both my sisters. Mm -hmm. And they both have said to me, not at the same time, because they're there at different times, boy, your scale, do you think it, um, you know, it shows me really light. (laughs) Both of them. And I haven't messed with my scale at all. So I went to the doctor the other day, and I always say, I shut my eyes. I'm like, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. But I peaked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine makes me light at home. I've, oh, got a, I've got a dismiss. It's, it's miss a, weighing. Yeah. So when you weigh yourself in public, you never know. Should have brought the scale to the doctors. Daddy, you're right <laughs> about that. And I should have bought my measuring stick because they even said I shrunk. You know, well, that is possible. I'm not, I know it. Oh. I'm not that tall. Yeah, that's disappointing. You can't. You can't afford to, to lose anything. Well, I'm no, wearing, no one wants to lose no any height. No one does. I think she got it wrong. I don't think I was standing up straight. Yeah. And if you are wondering. If Disney is hitting the freezer section with Frozen 2, you can get Frozen 2 ice cream. Oh, my It's a gosh. magical mint snowflake ice cream. And they probably overcharge for it. Well, loaded with, it's Eddie's. I'll I like never Eddie's. forget taking the, the two little kids to that Frozen thing, and a thing of popcorn was $15. But you got to keep You got free tub. tickets. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it was shocking to me how much... Disney charges for this stuff and kids are just howling everywhere for for these very very your one experience I know but it was real shocking to me <laughs> at how expensive it did the whole Disney experience is were they you know? able to keep the tub the popcorn came in as a souvenir it was no no, no there <laughs> might have been some felt Olaf what, thing what? attached what to it. What is a felt Olaf? Olaf. See, you don't even know your frozen. I've never the seen the movie once. The snowman Olaf, Julia. Okay, you're frozen. Ah, oh, there's
Here's our little Hollywood fanfare. That must mean Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune is joining us. We're going to talk theater and movies. Hello, darling. Hello. And we've got our Twizzler nibs. Thank you. I'm so... Yes. Do you need me to pass them to you? No. You are so consistent. We look forward to the nibs. I know. You probably have spent at least $200 on On nibs nibs. over 18 years. (laughs) Because it's like we're at the movies. Now, when you go to movies, do you buy the nibs? No. When I go to the movies, I usually have nothing. When I first actually started the job, a lot, you know, 20, whatever, six years ago at the Pioneer Press, I would always buy a medium Diet Coke to drink during the movie. Right. And then after like about three months of doing that, I was like, wait a minute. I go to like eight movies a week. Mm-hmm. I'm spending $4 sure. on a Diet Coke every time. Right. I'm spending like $1,600 a year on a Diet Coke at the movie. So I started smuggling in my own. Right. Yes. <laughs> I always Because they the are. Lori was talking about popcorn being $15 and how expensive. At a pros at a Disney thing, just how overpriced all the Disney stuff is. Yeah, I believe it. It yeah. really is. Okay, so we were talking... Um, about uh, the movie Knives Out, because Jamie Lee Curtis covers Variety, the recovery issue, she's making yes. the rounds. She says this is a Christmas, a holiday movie, and I'm like, uh, from the trailer, I didn't get that sense of it, but I couldn't tell from the trailer what the movie Knives Out is about, but there's a lot of people in it. Yeah, I'm not sure why she says it's a holiday movie, other than it's coming out right before the holidays, okay. I guess. It's set in the fall because the leaves it's in the it's in i think new england and the leaves are beautiful but oh. it's not taking place at christmas and there's nothing Christmassy about it it's All a murder right. mystery it's a whodunit oh really yeah christopher Plummer dies at the beginning of the movie and then we see him some more in flashbacks and it's kind of a parody of an agatha christie mm-hmm. story oh, okay. in that uh it's this remote manner everybody in the house has a reason to want to kill him um is it good? It is good. It's uh, kind of a comedy mystery. Okay. And Jamie Lee Curtis in particular is very funny. She plays his sarcastic daughter who ha- is married to Don Johnson, which is problematic. And they have a son who's problematic. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, it Tony, Tony Collette is hilarious in it, too. I love her. She plays. We haven't seen her for a while, have we? Oh, well, we saw she's her in the Unbelievable. We oh, that's right. She was. She works a lot. Yeah, I mean, does. I feel like she's not very I like her. good at downtime. And Don maybe. Johnson looks so good up on the big screen. He does look He's good. beautiful. It seems like people have a Chris hard Evans. time explaining this movie, though, based on the press oh. of some of the people. Don Johnson, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's a whodunit. Maybe but they don't want to give away too much. Maybe, but they should call it a whodunit. Yeah, I feel like that kind of <laughs> does it. Um as as you probably maybe remember, I am kind of an expert on Agatha Christie. Yes, so you are. I kind of know a lot about what is goes it on a it. ten little Indians type of situation story? Mm, no, no, because it isn't. A, it, it borrows little pieces from different ones. There's a little aspect of Murder on the Orient Express. There is a little aspect of Ten Little Indians and a couple that are not as well known. But it isn't. Uh, oh, mousetrap. It doesn't reference overall any specific plot of hers, mm-hmm. but it's this idea of everybody getting together for a family celebration where really what they want to do is murder each other. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, it sounds good. Yeah. She's got yeah. to quit selling it as a holiday movie yeah. about I family. Don't get yes. that. Yeah. Okay. I don't get that at all. Uh, okay. So um, talk to us about The Irishman. I mean, we have been hearing about this movie and hearing about this movie. Okay. So I... 
I mostly review one movie a week for the paper mm-hmm. these days. Actually, this week I have two tomorrow. But uh, they told me I needed to review The Irishman. And I was a little irritated because I wanted to review the Mr. Rogers movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, ultimately, I'm reviewing both of them. And I'm like, I don't think I care about Martin Scorsese at this point anymore. I really don't care about a Martin Scorsese mob drama that stars Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci. Yeah. Right. I kind of don't want to sit there for three and a half hours. Right. I'm probably going to have to pee at some point. Right. So I was like you were churlish yeah, about seeing this in. movie. And I really like it a lot. Really? I mean, you gave you gave it three and a half stars. I gave it three and a half stars, today. and I did not have to go to the bathroom ever. Isn't <laughs> I that sat some... there like a big boy? So, it tell us he... about why it works. The thing, the thing that I would say about it is, pe- some people are going to think it's probably a little bit too slow because it does have a fairly deliberate pace, although a lot happens. But I think it kind of sucks you into its rhythm and the quality of the filmmaking is so beautiful and the storytelling just kind of builds and builds and builds to a point. Like, I would not want to have watched it on Netflix on three consecutive days and Mm -hmm. pretended it was a miniseries. It's not. It feels like a movie that has that kind of rise and fall of a plot that you would have in a movie as opposed to the mini rises and falls you would have in a miniseries. Is it opening here this weekend? Yeah, it's at the Edina. I think only the Edina. And for a limited amount of time before then, people have to see it on Netflix. But it do you looks feel like that's really a beautiful on the big screen? Mm-hmm. I do because I mean, it's uh, the the guy who photographed it is Rodrigo Prieto, who has won a couple of Oscars. He's shot Brokeback Mountain for mm-hmm. one, um, so it's a great looking movie. Uh, it's beautifully edited by the same woman who always edits Martin Scorsese's movies. The performances are fantastic. Like I can't stand Joe Pesci, and okay. he's yes. fantastic in this really? movie. Really? It's a really subtle elegant kind of gentle performance nothing like you've seen him do in other movies where you feel like you're going to get his saliva on you even so at the marty is still i feel the, like he's at back. the top of his game on this i one. guess so and i'm really surprised to this. say it but yeah netflix, and netflix funded, funded it. it so they for they've said 190 million dollars so it was expensive and they are only having it in theaters for a limited time right they don't want you to see it in theaters right. they want you to pay to join netflix so yeah. you can see it on their their uh, platform mm-hmm. i feel like you know the the like donnie and i saw the movie ford versus ferrari right. that movie is so good it should be seen on the big screen because oh, of the yeah. racing and the scale of it the scale of it did you like ford versus ferrari as much as we did i liked it quite a bit yeah i did kind of wonder okay so did you uh, what is the story with the matt damon character whose name is carol shelby I've been eating it. I have been making his chili for years and years. I saw your tweet. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea he was that guy. It's as if he has no personal life in the movie. It's really weird that there's no wife or girlfriend. He had all of those things. He had children and everything. I guess I didn't didn't mind. I didn't even think about it. Because the Christian Bale character, we see quite a bit of that. We see a bit of his story but i mean it's essentially one of those movies where they give christian bale a wife so we'll know he's not gay yeah uh and she doesn't really get to do anything other than prove that he's not gay but but yeah i thought the racetrack stuff was amazing and i really liked tracy uh let's as henry ford the second yes he was great that's i think this movie is like a good date movie because i i think that people will like it it's not just a guy's movie it's a very, to me, and I'm saying this in a good way, old-fashioned feeling yeah. movie. Like, a kind of, they don't make them like that anymore sort of a movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I think I might agree with you about okay. it. That's Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Okay. Plus, no, I didn't really know that story. I I don't know it either. None of us yeah. had really any idea. I haven't seen it. You yet. know, um, it's interesting. Now you two both saw a beautiful day in the neighborhood. What What's mm. your thought on Mister Rogers and Tom Hanks? I liked it a lot. You and did. I think Tom. I mean, everybody knows Tom Hanks is a good actor. I'm now moving over into. I think he might be a wizard. <laughs> Because he's it's, so amazing in this movie. Like, every time he pops up on screen, your heart just kind of melts. Oh, in the same way that would be true of Mr. Rogers right. at this point. I, I, I'm not a Mr. Rogers person. I didn't grow up with it. Mm-hmm. I'm too old. But um, now I am, obviously. Who isn't? Basically, yeah. he's like Dolly Parton. Everybody loves him. Right. Exactly. Or Julie Andrews, you know, treasure. Yeah, yeah. The, the director was talking on something. I don't know where I heard her of the Mr. Rogers movie and i saw it yeah and she was saying it was really hard because tom hanks is such a big personality when he comes into a room let's get going he's always the joke at the party and and his pacing is always so quick and fast and everything but to slow him down Mm. and have awkward pauses yeah and have him sit i mean there's moments of like you know we've talked about three seconds on our show Mm -hmm. like you feel awkward and silence it's oh, pretty amazing there's a, there's, there's a moment that's a lot oh, longer than yeah. three seconds which yeah. i don't think we should give away no right? i don't want to give away but they sort of break the barrier between being in the movie and being in the audience and i interviewed her a couple of months ago yeah. and one thing she said to me that i thought was so beautiful was there was a picture that was supplied and it's you can see it on the internet of her it turns out it's on the first day of filming on the actual mr roger sound day, stage with some of the actual Mr. Rogers crew of this movie, and she's wearing a red cardigan sweater, and Tom Hanks is wearing a red cardigan sweater, and as you know, Tom, uh, Mr. Rogers' sweaters were all knitted by his mother, yeah, and she's wearing one too, and they kind of look like they're matching. And I asked her on the phone, "Did you like plan to match Tom Hanks that day?" And she said, "No, I didn't, but." Uh, I wore that cardigan sweater a lot because it reminded me of Mr. Rogers. And even now, whenever I feel I'm having a day where I feel like I need a little Mr. Rogers in my life, I put on that sweater and I feel oh, like oh, the movie's, giving me a hug. The movie's such a feel Is that open this weekend? It does. It does. Okay. It does. And it is very sweet. All right, listen, we are... T- what, go ahead. I was just going to say, I didn't care as much about the Matthew Reese character. I get why mm-hmm. he's there, and Mr. Rogers would be a problematic main character because he doesn't really change. He's mm-hmm. always amazing. But when we weren't with Mr. Rogers in the movie, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, okay. All right, listen. Okay, we want to talk to you about a couple other movies. Also, the Independent Spirit Awards were announced today. You interviewed oh, Rita Moreno. Yes. And we also want you to remind us of when... We can watch Theater Lati Da's All Is Calm when that's going to be aired. Mm. Okay, we're talking with Chris Hewitt from the uh, Star Tribune. We'll be right back. Talking with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. We're talking movies. Just real quick, Charlie's Angels. Did that deserve the bad? Uh, you know, 
movie news nobody went and saw it no it kind of seemed like people were ready to hate that movie and it's not hateful but mm-hmm. it's not great i think the problem kristen stewart is super fun in it and right. that's kind of a surprising thing to hear why did they saying. have two other people that were really as good right. and as fun as and well known that, that, that was what laurie said yeah it's totally exactly right they could have had any number of people that would have got been buzzy instead Aquafina? of Aquafina. i would love to have oh, seen her can in you Charlie's imagine? Angels. i mean they She'd did they kind of i mean they kind was of that was Kind of thing? No, I don't think so. I don't I mean, think so. Cheap, I think but. they kind of thought, you know, because the original Charlie's Angels, none of those gals were known. So they were like, oh, we're just going to go with that sort of a thing. And Kristen Stewart, so against type. I, I don't guess. know. I just think it would have done better if it just had two more. But she's proud of the movie Elizabeth Banks. And it doesn't have a great villain either. It doesn't. But yeah, I think she is taking kind of a smart tack, mm-hmm. basically saying, you know, I stand behind it. If you don't yeah. want to go see it, fine. Okay, how about Dr. Sleep, the follow-up to The Shining, if you will, the sequel, Stephen King's book turned into movie? I think it's mostly pretty interesting, particularly the stuff. So Mostly pretty yeah. interesting. This must have got a two a and a half star. Yeah, we're in that vein. Are we? Okay. Uh, it's the Danny character from The Shining who uh, ultimately goes back to the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. He is sort of a protector of a girl who was about the same age as he was in The Shining, who has a similar gift, and the two of them bond because they kind of are the only two people in the world who understand each other. Mm -hmm. That stuff is all really good. The villain is problematic and boring. She's played by Rebecca Ferguson, that woman who was in Mission Impossible. Yes, yes, yes. And was good in that. Yes. But she just is really colorless, and if you don't have a good villain, actually, that's part of the problem in Charlie's Angels, too. Um I think you're kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Even like a James Bond movie is always in trouble if the villain isn't a good isn't one. Isn't good. All so, right. Yeah, that's, the, All that's right. the issue. All right. Um, I want to know what you two think of this before we move to the Independent Spirit Award. So Disney has announced that for the first time ever, they're going to do a live action remake of their very first hit film that was filmed in 1938. It's never been redone. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay, fine. That seems like... Surprised they haven't done it before now. Really? Yeah, I might be over (laughs) the live-action remakes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much we want to see actual dwarves. Uh, They're going to be CGI. CGI dwarves. Yes. Well, not even giving giving little people a job. (laughs) That's right. No small actors will play them, and they're still going to be called the seven dwarves. Huh. Why wouldn't you have... I know. Okay, so there you guys are. Okay. I don't like CGI. It's taking jobs away from people. Okay, how about this? Okay. Uh, the two dudes who wrote La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen are writing all new music. The only two songs they're going to keep from the original Snow White is Whistle While You Work and Hi Ho, Hi Ho, It's Off, it's to, off work to Work We, we go. go. They are taking out Someday My Prince Will Come because they said it's no longer PC. And I want to know, is that like taking I Feel Pretty out of West Side Story? That is an excellent segue. Yeah. I just asked Rita Moreno about that very subject. You did? Um, yeah, I think that's a little bit weird. People want to hear Someday My Prince Will Come. Yeah. And or it's like that Willy Wonka musical that was here last year with none of the songs that we like. From the movie. Come on. I mean, we go in with a Donnie certain play, set of expectations. He, they don't yep. have to have, because in the original movie, Julia and I listened to it, it's yes. the Snow White. It's this really high, cartoony yes, it's, voice, yeah. but it's very recognizable. But a lot of people have covered this song, including the one and only Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah. Someday my prince will come. 
is a perfectly fine song. They're going to keep... I mean, it's so weird to me that they're getting rid of this song because it's not PC. It is, and there are ways to do even things that seem like they're not PC in a way that is PC. They're doing CGI dwarfs and still calling them dwarfs. Yeah. No little people will be cast. And Barbara Streisand seems to think it's still an okay song. An okay song? I I don't know. Well, how does Rita Moreno feel about I cutting out I Feel Pretty from West Side Story? She thinks it's stupid. Yeah. She doesn't are they get why they're out? doing it. They are. are they? They're oh. trying to streamline it down to 90-minute one act, so they're cutting a whole bunch of stuff. But that's one of the things that they've announced that they're cutting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well. (laughs) By the way, just to make clear, the movie version that is being filmed by Steven Spielberg and that Rita Moreno is in is not cutting foul. I feel pretty. It's this Broadway version that's coming up next year that is cutting I feel pretty. And do you think. I feel pretty will be in the. the Okay, Okay. But you brought up an interesting number in 90. 90 minutes. Is that the new bullseye for time for a Broadway show? I don't think it is. In this case, the argument that they're making is that they think the show will be more effective if it seems to take place in real time. Like if you start and you get on this train and you don't get off until it's over. And I guess I can kind of see that okay. it will up the intensity of it. Uh-huh. But I don't know if that's necessarily why people go to West Side Story. I mean, I think they go to see I Feel Pretty for one thing. Yeah, so. it's, it's a song that every... What else? What was Rita like? Had you ever interviewed her before? She was... No. no. She was delightful. It was a little bit of a hard time scheduling it, so I was sort of wary of mm-hmm. it. But you know how like some people are trying to be cool or oh. they have wrote answers to questions that they've already rehearsed? Rita Moreno was not like that. Oh, Rita Moreno is super enthusiastic. Even though she was hungry, at the end of it, she had some brisket tacos. But she was just delightful. Oh, well, you guys are in person? No, it was no, on the phone. Okay, Room phone, service arrived with yeah. her brisket oh, tacos. Oh, got it. I like she that was, detail. Mm-hmm. And like, there's stuff that you're like, oh, I wonder if I should even ask her about the West Side Story, because I think I've heard that she's not supposed to reveal any details. Well, she brings it up. I didn't even have to ask her about the West Side Story, because she brought it up. And she's so excited to be back doing another season of One Day at a Time, which starts shooting in January. Um, and she she's just is, coming here, you said. She's coming here to the Ordway Concert Hall for a, she calls it, I think she calls it an evening of stories and songs, including stories about Marlon Brando, Ooh. which she's doing on, I believe it's December 3rd at the Ordway Concert okay. Hall. I'll look it up to be sure that I'm right about that. But she said it's 90 minutes and that's a Tuesday night. She sings songs from Then That's Right. She mm-hmm. sings songs from Sunset Boulevard, which she did in London. Oh my God. That would, this she's, would be fabulous to see her. How old is she? 87. She's amazing. Remember she wore she, yeah. her outfit yeah. that she wore to the Emmys that she had won And it. looked amazing. She, she looked, looked amazing. amazing. Does she still dance? She said she still dances. She doesn't dance as much, but yeah. she still dances. I don't think there's any dancing in the show that she's going to be doing here. Yeah. Oh, but, but what an opportunity to see an icon. Yeah. yeah. And she's, I mean, she's got, like I was... It, part of the reason it ended up being hard to schedule is because she's doing so many things right. at once. It's crazy. Does she like being included in the West Side Story movie? Oh, she's thrilled about it. Yeah. And she's playing uh, a character who's not in the original, but it's essentially the character of Doc who owns the store where the kids kind of hang out some mm-hmm. of the time. It, she's playing the widow of that character whose name is Valentina. And she's an executive producer of the movie, so she had a lot of... of um, Say input, yeah. And also, I don't know about say, but all right, a connection to like the reasons for doing stuff the way they originally did it, and so I think she was a good voice on. Well, okay, but if we're going to change it, let's change it for the right reasons. And, yeah. and that's kind of interesting because I think of when, um, uh, what's the guy's name? You know, Dirty Harry. 
when he Clint did Eastwood? yeah when he brought the Jersey Boys, Jersey Boys to the big screen. Oh. And how that didn't work out. Yeah, that was an awful That movie. didn't work. Mm-hmm. And how she... Spielberg, it seems Spielberg, like such a weird it does. for West Side It story. did. That's why I'm saying maybe having her, who has experience with it, and more theater experience, where he's more movie, you know, might be... Maybe they're a good pair being teamed yeah, up together. I hope you know so. what I mean? Because... I know he's always talked about wanting to do a movie. And a it must play. be... F- or, no, a musical, I should musical, say. Musical, thank you. And it must be fairly different because it has a new... Tony Kushner wrote the screenplay, which she also was raving about. So... All right. Interesting. Yeah, it's Spielberg. Right. I mean, you know, it seems like... He's, they work together a lot. Yeah, yes. I mean, I can think of just a few bad movies he did, most notably Hook. I know, but I'll never yeah. forget when Christopher Walken played him on the live TV show. He was hysterical. Did you see that? I did. Was- Christopher Walken... What happened to Christopher Walken? I can't remember the last time I saw him. I don't know, but I wish you'd tell us what went on the Splendor that night with Natalie Wood. No, she was going to say that. Robert Wagner. She was going to say that. Okay, tell us real quick about Theodore Latidas. Their um, All Is Calm, which has been, now it's kind of a, it's been like maybe five or six years that they've. Twelve. Twelve years, that many years. They do it almost every year. Not always for a full Mm -hmm. run in their theater, but they tour it and they took Mm -hmm. it to Off-Broadway last year. Uh, it starts not this weekend, but the weekend after. So right after Thanksgiving, and you know, I you probably saw it or maybe you didn't. We've I did never a story that PBS is taping it. That's for, what I want to yes. know. Okay, um, it's a beautiful show. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to think. I think it is essentially 90 minutes with no intermission, if I remember right. So when will it? It was going to air on PBS then. Not till next year. Not till next okay. year, but they're taping it at one of the, the performances here. They're taping it at invitation only performances, not ones you can buy tickets okay. to because they're going to stop and start. Yeah, okay. But, but it's, it's a, at the Ritz Theater. It's a, Yep, it's at the Ritz. It's a beautiful show. You will cry. All right, very good. Thank, Thank you, you, Chris. Follow Chris at Chris H. No, Chris.